0: hello everybody welcome back for another video hope you're all doing well and that you're all having a fantastic day as always when you leave a like when you leave a comment or when you subscribe All of those things do help out the channel and are very much appreciated. Very big thank you to everyone who is a clicker of affiliate links. Welcome back to another news I missed where I go over news I missed because there's always a lot of crazy weird stuff happening in this market. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. An anti-corruption watchdog tracking the USSEC. And their legal battle with Ripple says that there is allegedly evidence that a key SEC official knowingly had a conflict of interest during the initiation of the lawsuit. We went over that a couple of days ago. I'm going to try not to rant, but I've told you from my point of view, without even being an anti-corruption watchdog, something seemed a little weird from the get-go. The SEC sued Ripple in December 2020 on allegations that XRP was issued as an unregistered security in a press release, Nonprofit Empower Oversight, says it received over 200 email records via a Freedom of Information Act request that shed light on a conflict of interest within the SEC, specifically regarding William Hinman, or Hinman, H-I-N-M-A-N, former director of the SEC's Division of Corporate Finance. Hmm. According to the organization's interpretations of the emails, SEC officials had warned Hinman about a conflict of interest because of his ties to Simpson Thatcher. Simpson Thatcher, here we go, is a law firm that promoted Ethereum through an organization called the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance and became Hinman's employer following the filing of the lawsuit, they said. And I quote, SEC ethics officer cautioned former SEC official William Hinman that he had a direct financial interest in Simpson Thatcher and thus he must recuse himself from any matters that would affect the firm. Additionally, The ethics office explicitly told Hinman, per the documents, to not be in any contact with Simpson Thatcher for any reason. However, Hinman met with Josh Bonney, a partner at Simpson Thatcher, at least three times after that warning. Do you remember when I ranted about it four or five days ago and I said, didn't it seem a little weird to anyone out there? That someone came forward and said, hey, Bitcoin's definitely not a security. A couple of days went past and then all they said was the only other coin they ever spoke about was Ethereum and said that's definitely not a security. Based off of a a branch, a list of things that they had written down apparently somewhere allegedly themselves that said what and what does not constitute one of these coins to be an unregistered security. And everyone was like, hey, that's kind of weird. You didn't mention Litecoin. You didn't mention Cardano. You didn't mention Tron. Remember Tron? Yeah. Remember when I told you not to get into Tron? Anyway, um, yeah. And then even more so, if you knew back in 2000, good old 17, that XRP was allegedly a security. And U.S. customers, individuals had access to this coin that could have been harmful and or not beneficial to them in some sort of way as it was an unregistered security. Don't you think somebody would have said something except for the last day in office that they had seems a little bit weird. So. Yes, apparently, I mean, you know, what can you really say? There was clearly or allegedly I I wasn't in that office, a, a conflict of interest. And I would not be surprised either if we found out that some people who put this entire thing together also were either A, holding a bunch of Ethereum or B, holding a bunch of Bitcoin. Didn't it seem weird to anyone that by the time we had 3,000 coins on the market with at least 40 of them being very popular, that only two coins got the go ahead? Oh, wait, what's this? Oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. A class action lawsuit was filed against former SEC chairman Jay Clayton and executive Bill Hinman over their alleged mismanagement of the XRP case. What? Wow. The lawsuit alleges the two violated federal regulations in their persecution of XRP. I'm 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 shooketh. I I simply cannot believe what is happening. The US SEC versus Ripple lawsuit has been going on for nearly two years. Why? Recent rulings seem to be going in favor of the defendants, which we spoke about a couple of days ago, because basically, I think the allegedly, so saith the news, uh, allegedly the SEC tried to lock up or not have people be able to see old documents. Uh, That kind of stated why they gave preference to Bitcoin and Ethereum and no other coin. And the judge let that through. The last judgment proved that the commission was confused regarding some important aspects of the case in a big development. I don't even have to read any more. I think you got the point. So, um, this will unfold as many things do. I would love if the SEC was like, hey... Let me not say some, some words. I, I would, uh, I, I'll I rephrase it. I would love if they would say, hey, maybe we made a mistake. XRP, no security. And now there are many of the other coins that we've also gone after because we are probably money hungry and are trying to get control of a market that we have no control over. That was as nice as I can say it. So don't even, don't even, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, right? Is anyone surprised? No. I'm not even in the same room as you. And I heard a bunch of you say no. So that's the, um, allegedly, I mean, you know, sometimes, uh, there may have been a conflict of interest and apparently there's also a class action lawsuit filed against two of the people who may have, no one knows, may have had some type of monetary gain from, you know, XRP going down in price and just boosting to other coins. Alrighty. It's not a not an I told you so kind of moment, but you know, 2017 is staring us back in the face like <laughs> all right, that's the SEC news. Uh let's move on. Next up, Facebook is in the news on the virtual reality platform known as Horizon Worlds. Facebook Meta expects, here we go, to take a 47. Percent share leaving the person who created the NFT with a 52.5% of the sale earnings. For those of you who are a little confused, when you create or mint an NFT, you are normally asked by the platform uh, how much do you want to charge um, in future commissions. It's on the blockchain, so every resale, the creator of said NFT. Gets a portion of the resale forever. That's kind of the idea. The industry standard is typically around 10 to 15%. I've seen some other artists charging 25%. Eh, I've seen some 20s. Normally, the industry standard is 10 to 15%. That's kind of the idea. A lot of times, it's even lower because the, the platform itself also charges a fee. And then the other fee is charged by the actual creator of the NFT. Most websites, like explicitly before the artist charges their forever fee, the platform also has one as well. So OpenSea has one, NFT, all the other NFT platforms have one. And it swings between 1% to 5%. That's where the idea of Meta charging 47% makes them look absolutely insane. Horizon Worlds, which is now exclusively accessible in the US and Canada, is being tested for virtual sales by Meta as per a blog post on the 11th of April. According to the announcement, creators will be able to sell items like avatar fashion accessories and exclusive access to their virtual environments. MetaQuest, previously known as Oculus, levies a platform fee of 30% for purchases made on MetaQuest. Wow. Wow. A hardware platform fee is what the business labels for purchases made via the MetaQuest store, where it offers virtual reality headset application and games a 17.5 <laughs> percent A 17.5 percent sales fee from Horizon Worlds will also be included. Keeping in mind, keep this, keep this in your head. This is Facebook charging this to other people who are simply using their platform. Facebook could easily Easily. We know that Facebook is not the best company on the planet. That's explicit. You know how you get people to use your terrible platform? By charging 2.5% or lower than every other company that's out there. You and I both know tons of people would rush to this platform just for the reach of billions of people and knowing that they had a lower fee. Artists at Meta have been allowed to sell virtual assets, which one day may be NFTs inside the metaverse environments. They have created as a result of this insane revelation. The NFT community has expressed has expressed varied feelings online. There's no. None of that can be varied. None of that can explicitly there there, there must there must not have been one single human being who was like, I don't mind being charged 50%. There, there there could not have been. Because, listen, if you are living in the real world and you sell something and 50% of that gets taken away and then you still have to pay taxes, there was not one person unless they were paid by Bookface to go online to say that they were okay with that. Some believe that Meta has priced itself out of the market and removed itself from the creator economy. I mean, please, by all means. Like, we don't really need Meta and or Facebook. Like, I, I, I would love... Just give me decentralized platforms. Currently, the most popular NFT market charges a lower haha, transaction fee. For example, OpenSea charges 2.5% for every transaction. LookRare charges 2% and Binance charges 1%. 47.5%. As you might have imagined, this is or was one of the most popular News stories of the day. Why would they do this? Oh, I know why. Facebook is actually losing tons of money because a lot of people aren't using it anymore. Surprise! For those of you who missed that, yeah, Facebook hasn't been doing well for years since a lot of people left their platform. A lot of people have left them and Instagram because Instagram is terrible. Instagram is so bad, like it's it's just this constant, really weird scrolling kind of thing. For other platforms, uh, where they can probably even make more money, and you know. I, I think the real kicker for the future is going to be I have control over my data and a company does not. I think that's just really going to that's going to kind of be the. This is a really weird photo and I'm tired of looking at it. Anyway, that's the Meta. We'll be taking nearly fifty percent commission. Why? I don't know. Maybe they're going broke. All righty, that's the Meta news. And yeah, let's move on. Also in the news, and we never get this kind of news. This is what's actually really fascinating about this. During the last year, there's been nothing but discussion concerning Bitcoin treasuries or public firms putting Bitcoin onto their balance sheets. However, the leading crypto asset by market cap is not the only digital currency being held by treasuries. Ethereum has become a prominent treasury asset as a number of companies are known to hold the second leading crypto in their Reserves according to the Bitcoin Treasuries list, exchange traded funds, countries had to have a pause there. So, you all heard that countries are holding Bitcoin, banks, public companies, and private firms own roughly around 1.559 million Bitcoin worth around billion billion, close enough. While Bitcoin is being stashed away from these entities, Ethereum is also held by funds and companies that believe in the asset's future. For instance, it was reported on Thursday that the fund manager Three Arrows Capital purchased 31,345 Ether. The same day, Three Arrows Capital's co-founder Tsutsu told Bloomberg he remains bullish about crypto investments. We... Never get news that somebody bought 31,000 Ether. We get news that a company purchased 8,000 Bitcoin, 16,500 Bitcoin, never about Ether. I saw this news and I was like, finally, because of course these numbers actually exist. Here's this chart right here made larger for you to be able to see. I believe, if I am not mistaken by the thing going on right here, I think only three companies, four companies, have been relatively transparent as to how much they actually uh, hold and, you know, increase and all this other stuff. Because a lot of these numbers are also kind of uh, blanked out. Also, uh, surprising, uh, Coinbase is actually number three. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't believe for one hot gosh darn second... That Coinbase only has 31,000 Ether. Do you remember? Uh, it, it must have been 2020. I don't remember the exact time frame. I, you know, a lot of stuff is going on where uh, Coinbase announced how, my, how many Bitcoin they were holding. And I think they only said 4,000. And I was like, stop. You don't have to lie to us. Coinbase has been around since around 2011, 2012. Look it up. I highly doubt. That a company that was the first in the industry, besides Mt. Gox, to be major in the cryptocurrency space. I, I, if, if, I remember, if, if, I, if I remember correctly, I think there was an article that I read years ago that Coinbase started selling Bitcoin when it was still around 2 or $3. Think about that. Do you think this company accumulated tons of Bitcoin and were simply selling all of it? Or do you think they were... Think about that. 8 Thousand dollars would have gotten them four thousand Bitcoin. Do you think Coinbase would have stopped accumulating? No, 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 guys, 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 guys. It is two thousand thirteen. We have four thousand Bitcoin. We will never need any more. Do you think Coinbase only holds thirty one thousand seven hundred and eighty seven Ethereum? Even the news uh, from years ago, uh, when I mean, so the legend goes. I think it was Novogratz. I don't remember these people anymore. Some, one of these rich billionaires apparently went to Vitalik Buterin in a flat somewhere in Brooklyn and was like, hey, how do I get some Ethereum? And he was like, hey, you can give us some dollars and we give you Ethereum for it. And I think, once again, the legend goes, I think it was Novogratz who was purchasing Ethereum for $1 a coin. Coinbase was already active, making millions of dollars, setting themselves as this big, gigantic company. Do you really think... That hedge funds and companies are holding more than Coinbase. Right. Anyway, yeah. That's apparently there are multiple companies who are holding tons of Ether news. It's kind of cool because we, no- we normally only get, look who's holding Bitcoin kind of stuff. So, fantastic. 31,000, please. Stop lying to us. All right. That's the companies holding Ethereum news. And yeah. Let's move on. Also in the news, uh, XRP Ledger is seeing tremendous demand for its NFT hosting ecosystem. Months after it launched its NFT-focused creator fund in a blog post dated the 7th of April, Ripple announced that it had seen incredible momentum and exciting NFT use cases to offer on the XRP Ledger. With the list of leading creators joining its NFT ecosystem, which is focused on bringing tokenized projects, the metaverse, gaming, and art to life, I swear to goodness, the the community behind XRP is gigantimus. I mean, huge. If XRP launches a metaverse and it's not the most decentralized thing on the planet, people are going to hound them for it. They need to get that right. They need. I can see that. I mean. I can see all decentralized metaverses, I mean, really having, like, cool, like, unique kind of worlds that are known for them. If there's, like, three servers <laughs> backing up that metaverse, people are going to go crazy. Their creator fund had $250 million support, money. They also got partnered with Mintable, Visa, as that's Visa without the I, NFT Pro, Ethereum Labs, Ethereum Labs, and Mint NFT So I I think the news is, if I'm not mistaken, the most recent addition to the list of NFT creators on the ledger has been Rare Air Media, producer of ex-NBA champion Michael Jordan's visual autobiography for the love of the game. Rare Air Media intends to create NFTs on the XRP ledger for the NBA star with the first batch of NFTs expected to be launched in quarter two of 2022. So. Apparently. Michael Jordan's like it says up here. NFTs will be coming to the XRP ledger. Uh, I hope they get this right. Ripple's in a very. Particular. Uh, situation right now. Where the actual momentum. From the potential. When of the court case. All these things being built on top of their ledger. People still believing that we're going to see a 5 to $10 XRP. And I mean Michael Jordan. Well, the last part was a joke. But you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah. Hope it works out for them. Uh, I assume well, we will definitely be getting some type of news uh, when Michael Jordan releases his NFTs on XRP. I assume that's going to be one of the major news stories of the day on Twitter. Unless Elon Musk like farts or something like that. All right, that's the Michael Jordan NFTs are coming to the XRP Ledger news. And yeah, let's move on. And to finish things off, Investicor Holdings, Bahrain's biggest asset manager, launched its first global institutional blockchain fund. The organization aims to allocate funds among startups driven by blockchain technology. The firm, which was ranked by Forbes as the second largest wealth manager in the Middle East, is now courting investors to raise funds for the fund. The Middle East is steadily becoming the cryptocurrency and regulated technologies hub. That's a weird sentence. Uh, Regions such as Bahrain, Dubai, and Abu Dhabi are all attempting to court crypto investors with friendly regulation. Investor core holdings Name the tech Fundy Lilian I, I'd have to read all that. The, the, the point is Lilian. <laughs> anyway, the point is, um not the most exciting news, but this is quite logical news. For those of you who weren't here a couple of years ago, we had a lot of news that apparently a lot of people in the Middle East were gobbling up Bitcoin as much as they possibly could. i I, I swear I, I, I wish I could find that one article. There was an asset manager who was talking about the adoption of Bitcoin in the Middle East. This was 2018, 2019. And I think prices were really suffering. They were really, really low. And everyone was like, oh, no, woe is us. And this one fund manager was like, yeah, he has a a client in Dubai. And the guy basically is like, hey, use my money as you see fit to make me more money. And I think he was like, I I think he said he bought him over like 100,000 Bitcoin in April. Like it was a month. I I remember hearing April. And I was like, what? I think that was one person, like, it's it's so, anyway, so I assume people in the Middle East are probably, I I would not be surprised if they were the, some of the biggest holders of Bitcoin and Ethereum and crypto in general on the planet, because they're wealthy, so yeah, I assume this new blockchain fund is, it says it's somewhere around here, is basically going to be finding, like, New early stage companies to buy. I mean, add, you know, invest in them as much as possible. And part of the fund will also be used as well to buy up some of the older coins. Because what else you do with a gigantic fund? It also doesn't say how much uh, this fund will be. I don't think it'll be anywhere lower than half a billion dollars. If it is, color me shocked. All right, that's the Middle Eastern uh, second largest wealth manager. I like. I said, I don't think it's. <laughs> I don't think it's less than half a billion dollars. Uh, blockchain fund, Fantasticals. All righty, let's move on. Yeah, wow. There's like no Bitcoin transactions. I do hope uh, that you've all enjoyed. I do hope that you all are having it. That bus is full. A great, day. jeez Louise. A great day. A great morning. A great afternoon, a great evening, wherever you are, wherever you might be. I do hope it's absolutely fantastic. Thank you to everyone who left a comment, who left a like, who has subscribed. Thank you all once again. Look at this person like running to the front. <laughs> Thank you all once again for watching and or listening. And I will most certainly be talking to you all soon. See you.